Ah, Wait. I hear you. Yay! <laughs> wow. Wait, can oh. you still hear me? I feel like it's not true. We made like a new combination of settings and it worked. <sighs> wow. Well, there was your interview. Our Music by Body is technologically incompetent. Yeah, welcome to the nonprofit world. Welcome to the EduPunks Podcast. This is your host, Craig Biedemann, welcoming you all to another episode of a podcast that I do, that I host, sometimes with my partner, Katie Ham. We, we like to talk to everyday educators and daily disruptors uh, about the world of education, about DIY scenes, about punk stuff, about education, punk stuff, DIY scenes all coming together, musicians, organizers, all sorts of activists. That's what this podcast is for. So if you like all that stuff, you're in the right place. Hey, buddy, you're in the right place. It's going to be another fun chat this week. This week, I'm chatting with my friends Kat and Matt over in Chicago. They run an organization called Our Music, My Body, where they spread information and resources about sexual assault prevention at concerts in order to keep some scenes a little bit safer these days. There have been a lot of uh, allegations and accusations and um, realities of the sexual abusers that have been in music scenes for years coming out recently, and even more so um, than we even thought to begin with. And it's very disheartening as someone who's been going to gigs since about 2003, but I'm really thankful to see a lot of accountability happening, a lot of folks really calling out and calling in people who are making decisions about um, abuse and violence and harassment, being pretty terrible people generally, but in the scene really kind of canceling a lot of that and just being like, no, we're not going to put up with this anymore. Not in our scenes. Not no way, not no how. As some of you might know, I run an organization called The Art of Survival with Katie Ham, where we also table at gigs here in Boston, um, where we show up. We, we, we have information about sexual assault prevention as well. But I wanted to hear from some other folks about their approaches to it. Matt and Kat also work with uh, a couple nonprofits, which you will get to hear um, a bit more about the work that they do and the very admirable work that they do uh, in their professional lives, working for nonprofits, uh, as well as starting one of their own. It's not easy stuff doing this, this sort of work, and they definitely do not take it lightly, and they, they, they gratefully have some wonderful, supportive volunteers in their group, in their midst, and I'm really glad to hear that. And you get to hear the whole conversation with them. We had a bit of a truncated conversation. We had some technical difficulties. If you could hear in the very opening, um, we kind of had some struggles just getting connected and it wasted some time that we could have had talking, but it's okay. We ended up having a really great conversation. This episode is a little bit shorter than usual, but the conversation gets right to the heart of it. We get right into it. 
there will only be one one break in this episode, and that's because I'm going to be sharing a song with you from the new Demons album, which is called Embrace Wolf. It is out this Friday, December 1st, through our friends at Spartan Records, which if you were following us on social media all weekend, all holiday weekend, I was sharing all the great deals that our label friends had going on, and you can actually get yourself a copy of this Demons album right now. You can get it. If you like what you hear in this episode, you can get the album right now. There are some really cool vinyl pressings of it through Spartan Records, and I'm sure you'd love it. A little bit, some heavier stuff for the pod. Really excited about that. And I'm going to do a quick plug before we get into the conversation for another podcast that I think y'all would enjoy. If you like hearing this, you get you can go hear a podcast that's ran by one of my good friends, Ryan Ribeiro. It's called Let's Make a Scene. He and our friend Jared run this podcast specifically focusing on specific scenes musical moments of movies and they dissect those sections those parts of movies and really get into some good social commentary on on a lot of different stuff if you want to check it out go to uh let's make a scene.podient.co let's make a scene.podient which is p o d i a n t.co find them on twitter at uh, at LMAS Pod, or even on Facebook at LMAS Pod, uh, and you can also find them in the iTunes Store, Google Play, and all other places to get podcasts. So, just at the very beginning, if you want to hear one of my favorite punks in education, Ryan Ribeiro, talk about some great mu- music and movie scenes and how they play off of each other in tandem, get over there, listen, listen to that podcast. And enjoy yourselves. I think Ryan is one of the most interesting people I know, and I think you'd enjoy it. And now, I want us to get into this conversation with Kat and Matt from Our Music, My Body. So I'm sitting here digitally with my friends Kat and Matt all the way over in Chicago. Chicago? Yes, Chicago. <laughs> Tight. Uh, how are y'all doing tonight? Pretty good. We're doing well. We figured out our technology, so we're we're on the top of the top of the world. Top of the world. Yay! It took us a moment, but we figured it out. We figured it out. We got there. I mean, I'm the one with an anger problem, so it was a little bit louder over on this end. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and we just and you just couldn't hear us, so we're we're very we're very peaceful. Yeah, so just, to me, it was like, man, they seem to just be handling this so well. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, but you know, sorry, sorry for wasting your time. Oh no, no, no. Okay, so tell me, tell folks a little bit uh, about what y'all do with our music, my body, and why you started it. Sure. Cool. Uh, so Our Music My Body is a campaign uh, built around talking about consent and sexual harassment at music venues and music festivals in the Chicagoland area. Um, we feel like these conversations are not being had in these spaces and that oftentimes folks think about the music world or going to concerts as this like utopian spot for 
to let loose, but that my fun is very different than your fun. Uh, so we want people to be able to have these conversations, um, positive, supportive, and making sure that everyone feels heard, um, as well as getting resources out there. You know, we live in this like nonprofit silo. Uh, so no one, you know, we know all the resources of somebody's experience of violence, but not everyone has those same resources. Yeah. Cool. And what uh, got you all into wanting to do this work? Um, was it something like personally connected to or um, uh, what type of work do you do outside of this as well? It's a little connected, right? For sure. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely connected. So me, um, I work at a rape crisis center as a prevention educator. So my sort of nine to five ish role is working with um, students K through 12 um, and beyond just talking about consent and safe and unsafe touches and how to support survivors. Um, and Matt, you have a similar role, but within the domestic violence mm-hmm. uh, world. And so um, I think, you know, both of us have our own connections to the music world. And, you know, speaking for myself, I know that getting involved with our music, my body was um, a way to like combine what skills or knowledge I have in the world of violence prevention and take it to a place where I was, you know, seeing these things going on and, and feeling really frustrated with sort of a lack of accountability or response for it. Um, I don't know if you, you're, I'm sure your reasons are fairly similar. Yeah. Uh, I think as just like as a man watching these things happening uh, and maybe not necessarily experiencing these things, but hearing, uh, folks who I exist around talking about the harassment that they've experienced, how they feel unsafe at certain shows uh, put put me in the, the mindset to be thinking about what could festivals or venues be doing better uh, to be sort of on the forefront of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we both come up through the DIY, like the, you know, more DIY punk scene. So it's, uh, so having that, sort of approach to be like, all right, like how are we having these conversations in a more mainstream capacity? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what kind of uh, responses have you been getting uh, as you've been tabling at gigs and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Primarily really positive responses. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the folks who come up to us, um, you know, are, are glad to see us there or say things along the lines of like, yeah, this is really a, a problem or this has happened to me, I'm really glad that someone's, you know, doing something about it. Um, a couple people sometimes are surprised that mm-hmm. it's, it's like, Oh, this is a, a problem. Enough. Yeah. They're like, this is a big enough thing. Um, so I think those are like kind of the moments where we get to shine and like really sort of explain the situation to them. Um, but yeah, mostly positive, I would say. Yeah. It's been, uh, and that's that's an interesting piece that venues or uh, festivals are like, oh, people are people are not going to be into this, and it's like, no, everyone that comes up is really thrilled to be having these conversations, and we see the clear mix of folks who are who do want to be having these conversations. That it's not uh, that it really all over the gender spectrum mm-hmm. uh, and age. You know, yeah. we have a lot of parents that are really excited whenever yeah. they see us. Oh, well, and I think a lot of it, yeah, it's cute. We have, you know, and, and I think that 
because we we both know how to talk to kids about mm-hmm. consent in a way that's not terrifying, right? So I think that, you know, we welcome that. And I think what helps is our message is very uh, approachable, I would say. It's pretty low threshold conversations. We're, mm-hmm. not, we're not just, like, yelling at people, like, don't rape people. Like, we're, you know, if we were doing that, I, I don't think we would make a lot of progress. But instead of thinking about it from what they're not supposed to do, we try to think about it from what is it, what is a consensual experience at a music festival look like? Like, how do you, how do you approach someone in a way that, you know, is, is mindful or how do you talk to your friends if you think they're crossing the line with somebody? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that people are, people want that information. Um, so I think that that also helps us a lot. Nice. Now, I'm a big, I mean, I do similar work, Kat, and I, you, you and I talked a little bit uh, the other day about how um, a lot of this overlaps with some of the work that I do as well in the nonprofit that I work in. Um, and one of the things that I think you touched on there that's really important is making it kind of an accessible conversation mm-hmm. around consent, especially with younger people. Because, like, you can teach mm-hmm. consent in simple ways that's not even sexual. And mm-hmm. how, what, what types of messages do you use to reach those like younger folks mm-hmm. with consent? Like what are, what are some examples you might have? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, that we, we always sort of start off with just asking, Hey, do you know what consent is um, as well? And then they're like, Oh, well, it's permission. And it's like, yeah, like, you know, if you're at a, if you're at a concert, like, and you want to dance and somebody is dancing next to you, like maybe you'll ask them if you want to dance together, or if you are just enjoying the music and somebody tries to dance with you, like they need to be getting consent before they just start dancing with you. So mm-hmm. it's like, uh, I think that both in both of our education, like in our prevention education worlds, we are always trying to destigmatize the word consent mm-hmm. as well as how it's related, how people just think that it's related to sex. And we're like, no, it's related to like how you exist in the world and how you talk about boundaries and respecting other people's boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how like the conversation we have, but, the approach that we do at the music festivals is we have like a button making station. So it really getting people to have like those conversations with themselves to be like, to look at buttons that other people have made about consent or to say, I love this or music makes me feel this way, or I feel safe when, and then they are really sort of thinking and defining what safety and what respect and what consent looks like for themselves. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. It creates like a level of agency that they're mm-hmm. able to take that and have that power uh, over the over the situation. I really I, I dig the hell out of that. <laughs> yeah. um, and I've seen because I've, I've been following y'all for a little while and I've seen a lot of the the stuff that uh, the, the materials that you all use. And I'll definitely share some pictures and put up some links. But I, I think that the message you all send is just it's really um, it's really accessible, and I think that's that's uh, that's that's a really big thing that drew me to wanting to at least talk to you all. So I commend no. the hell yeah. out of it, out of y'all for doing that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, it's um, you know we come, we both come from the space of uh, of a community accountability and uh, restorative justice and stuff like that, but we know that that is not where people are. Or some people are at yet. And yeah. while while we want to be having those conversations and we have them in our personal lives and have them maybe even with the venues or staff that we're working with, 
we are just trying to get regular patrons to be thinking about how to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think there are a lot of people doing good work within the DIY and stuff like that, but people are not having these conversations on a mainstream level. And we know, you know, it's like sort of selling out, but it's like, it's like, it's like when you go to Lollapalooza and there's a hundred thousand people, like who is talking about consent and who is making that a known conversation rather than just like having it at an individual level. Yeah. And I think, and I know we talked about this, um, Craig, but like one of the, the helpful things about the fact that we are a campaign that is shared by two nonprofits is that we do have, that you know institutional backing which Mm -hmm. i feel like for things like this it's most of the time these conversations and the progress that's being made in this regard um is being done at a very grassroots level or like within communities within certain scenes which is fantastic um so we're we're just lucky because like we actually get some resources to to develop some of that work um with larger audiences which is i think really I feel really grateful for, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think that's kind of rare. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And I think we, we skipped over it a little bit, but can you share the two nonprofits that kind of help house the work that you do in the, the work with our music, my body? For sure. Yeah. Uh, so I work for an organization called between friends or domestic violence agency uh, supporting the Chicago area uh, we do prevention education, which is what I do. So going into middle schools and high schools and talking about dating and healthy dating and dating violence, as well as the agency itself does counseling, court advocacy, and we also run a crisis line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Rape Victim Advocates is a rape crisis center in Chicago. We've got um, services that support survivors of sexual assault or child sexual abuse um, and their loved ones, such as counseling we do art therapy we do um, group counseling individual counseling for free um, and then also advocacy so we work with um, survivors in the hospital or in the legal legal system to try to navigate some of those institutions and their rights um, and then my team we the prevention and training team we do education like I said and we do um, you know workshops for adults parents social workers teachers who wants to, to learn how to better prevent and support. Um, so all of our services are confidential and free as well. That's awesome. Now you, uh, when we talked to you, you mentioned that y'all have some volunteers that work with you as well. Can you explain how you go about uh, adding volunteers to your, uh, to your group, to your organization and what kind of resources or training they get? Yeah. So, uh, because both of our nonprofit agencies uh, rely heavily on volunteers, we sort of started from the base level of working with folks who are already involved with our agencies. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our volunteers are 40-hour domestic violence trained or uh, this is now 60-hour uh, sexual assault advocacy training. So they're, they're coming in already with some of this backing. Now that we've grown a little and sort of tapped out our volunteer, like our individual nonprofit volunteer pools, we started to do a volunteer training that's really just one day that covers sort of DV, like domestic violence 101, sexual assault 101, as well as some crisis intervention stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because we want to make sure that, 
everyone who is at our shows tabling because one of the pieces of what we do is we we're at these shows right so we want volunteers to feel like not only can they speak to what consent means or what you know harassment is but also if somebody does come to them and says hey this happened to me they can try to you know, with their experience from training, they can understand if this is a crisis situation where they need to really jump into, like, crisis counselor mode, or if it's just a situation most of the time someone just wants to say, yeah, this happened to me. I'm really glad you're here. Um, And so to know that they can just say, like, yeah, like, thank you for sharing that here. Like, please do take some some resources um, because we do we do want folks who are at the shows to get connected Mm -hmm. to our 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 services if they need them. Um, so our goal is so that our volunteers don't feel, um, you know, nervous for if, if someone does disclose to them, they'll know what to do. Yeah. I mean, that's super important because, uh, I mean, that's a lot of the work that I do just even with my day job <clears throat> same with my partner. And so when we, when we table, we often have people come and they'll, they'll tell us stories and like, I mean, our entire nonprofit's based around people telling stories. And so we've gotten to the point where sad to say, but like nothing really surprises me anymore. Mm -hmm. And so when someone starts telling you, I'm just immediately like giving them an ear because sometimes Mm -hmm. they just want someone to hear their story and hear that they're, they don't, they don't want like empathy. They just really just want like someone to listen. And if Mm -hmm. you've, if you're putting people out there who aren't, um, I guess used to or trained or familiar with some of the stuff that might come their way. It could be a lot very fast. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, at the end of the day, like almost always what we are hearing from survivors, you know, not only with our body, but also to known roles is just, just to be witnessed, Mm -hmm. like to, to have a witness to, your story to have someone hear it and really, really truly hear it can be um, not, I don't want to say all anyone needs, Mm -hmm. but but it can be a really instrumental part of integrating that process in your, like that healing into your life. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's normal. Yeah. To normalize it. Right. To have someone say like, yeah, I hear you like that. I hear you and you didn't. And you know, I'll listen, I'll listen to you. And, you know, I think that like, you know, it also helps in some capacity to have uh, more of a basic language around it. You know, we're not going to like give all these like academic words to describe trauma and stuff like that. It's like, like, no, that, that sucks. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry that happens. Like, what do you want to do? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you want to move forward? Like everyone can be a better support system to their friends and to their peers if they just like listen and name it and don't try and like fix them, fix them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are not in the business of like saving people. Right. No, it's true. You're in the business of, uh, I guess, um, orchestrating some sort of healing, um, to mm-hmm. a degree. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's important work. Like we can't heal or we can't, we can't solve everyone's problems. We can't make everyone feel better. But if we can at least give someone an ear or attention or validation for a moment, mm-hmm. that can do so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. from, I think that, you know, even though we are 
coming from a more DIY like history or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think we, since we are aligned with institutions, I think it can be refreshing and, and bizarre for people to see that there is a larger group that is validating their experiences, mm-hmm. especially when venues or festivals maybe historically haven't been doing a very good job of yeah. doing that. So just to have someone there um, who that's like literally our, that's our MO. Like we mm-hmm. don't really have any other agenda other than talking about it so that people don't, don't be an asshole. Right. And that mm-hmm. people who've experienced something can get what they need. Um, that's really, that's really our only job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you go, when you go about um, tabling, because you mentioned that tabling is a big aspect of uh, the work you do, do you reach out to bands or labels or does it kind of depend um, mm. on the, the situation? How do you go about getting into into gigs? So we have relationships with a number of venues in the city. Uh, so that is our primary output. So we... Um, so that's who we who we go through. So we ask the venue to table at certain shows, and then they reach out to management, uh, who then reaches out to the band, who then says yes. Um, it is it is a long it's a long game. Um, I think that you know bands don't respond to emails from random like you know fans, you know whatever. Uh, so so we go, you know, the venue has some buy in. Um, and we have we have connections to booking agents uh, as well as some other community people. So there are some bands that we can reach out to that we're like, hey, we want to be there. Or, hey, we've put at your last few shows. Like, you know, can we do this again? Uh, but it really is uh, showing up and just like seeing if the band is cool with it and the band is usually down. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is a good place to take a quick, uh, quick break so that we can bring you a quick music break uh, from our friends at Spartan Records. This week, they are putting out the new album from the band Demons. It is called Embrace Wolf. What a great name for an album. It sounds very friggin' metal to me. If you ask me, uh, Guy, it sounds pretty friggin' metal. They're uh, not that metal. More of a, more of a, like a alt-rock-ish band. Has a good um, post-hardcore kind of feel at times. The song I'm going to play for you is called Always Your Own. It is off of the album Embrace Wolf, which you can download at demonsband.bandcamp.com or you can order a physical copy at spartanrecords.com as well. They have two sweet vinyl variants. One has a really cool double stripe pink and black stripe as well as some pink and black or no pink and purple splatter these look great you should definitely own one if you end up liking what you hear uh definitely check out the whole album this friday on spotify on bandcamp on itunes everywhere you get music go to demon band demonsband.bandcamp.com or spartanrecords.com to get some more information about the band and about the music. And now, here is their song, Always Your Own.
That was Always Your Own by Demons. If you like what you heard, go to demonsband.bandcamp.com and listen to the full album this Friday, December 1st, when it comes out on Spartan Records. You can also get physical copies of the album from spartanrecords.com. And now let's finish this conversation with Kat and Matt from Our Music, My Body. Now, um... What what kind of messages do you have, especially for men who want to do this kind of work? Because I know that historically, men are typically the instigators of abuse and harassment. Um, and being a man who does this work, I I often get some flack from other dudes and whatnot. But what kind of le- message do you have for men who want to get into doing this sort of work, specifically at gigs? Um. I guess I have two answers. Uh, <laughs> but, the, like, dudes, like, step back, listen, respect. Mm-hmm. Like, like just because this person is your friend, like, doesn't mean that they can't harm someone. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, you haven't, like, oh, I haven't seen sexual harassment before. Like, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Like, mm-hmm. it's about, like, opening your eyes and being willing to have these conversations and listening to your like your female and gender non-conforming peers like you are not you do not get to like just sort of like be the boss of this situation so it's uh how do you as a man step Mm -hmm. back and use your you know like i'm gonna have a conversation with like other men about abuse or about accountability and stuff like that but like and make sure making sure that i'm raising up uh, like women's voices, but I am not going to speak over a woman. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, and then also like, you know, Kat and I do this together and Kat uh, will say to me sometimes like, yo, you're talking too much. So like, <laughs> Hey, Hey, like, yo, you, like I needed you to do this differently. Mm-hmm. And it's like, as a, as a dude, you need to be ready to hear that. Like if you're not, if you're going to have your feelings hurt anytime somebody like questions, like, you're like fucking male saviorhood. Like, like, you know, get over it. Like you don't, you're, we're not in the business of saving people. It's like, it's like, yeah. so that's, but like men can have these conversations too. And then like should have, should these, have yeah. these conversations. Um, and with other men too, right? Like not, you know, I know that's what people say all the time, right? White people need to be talking to their racist family members and men need to be talking to their sexist dude friends you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um because i i know a lot of very well-meaning men in my life who can talk at length about how fucked up sexual harassment is and how fucked up misogyny is but they're talking about it with women Mm -hmm. and we're like yeah we know like like, (laughs) we get it (laughs) like we're aware of that thank you like now will you please go get your 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 bandmate or Mm -hmm. your you know your coworker or like whoever and like tell him this exact thing that you're telling me. Um, so I think that, I think we need, we need everyone. And I think that everyone has a role in doing this work. Um, and a good place to start, like Matt said, is to listen and also just to like learn. Like there's really, you know, one of my favorite things to say when I'm at the end of my rope is just like, you know, Google it, like mm-hmm. use Google, like Google is your friend. Uh, it's a good place to start. Not to say you should trust everything on the internet, but you know, like 
if you want to get involved, just just learn about the people who are already doing this work. Listen to survivors' stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a great place to start. And sort of be like being open to hearing things and you know thinking critically and and wondering why these conversations are happening. I think that we really struggle when you know we can read so many of the uh, survivor statements, but then when it's someone that you're friends with mm-hmm. that you're that you are so sort of caught off guard. So it's, you know, checking yourself mm-hmm. and being willing to have these conversations. There there are people in your life that will work work through this with you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have those people, find a therapist that will work through those things with you. So it's just like, yeah. you know, you have you have these opportunities mm-hmm. and it's just surrounding yourself by with people that are willing to check you but also work with you. Mm-hmm. Cuz yeah. shutting someone down is not going to fix anything either mm-hmm. no um i have a couple quick 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 ones uh, real quick before we wrap up but um what what kind of just quick tips do you have for um uh ways of managing bystander intervention at gigs or even just like call out culture um at gigs as well i mean i think that Bystander intervention is tough. Um, I think that it's a wonderful tool that needs to be part of an entire strategy against, uh, in terms of prevention. Um, because again, bystander intervention, it's very one in the moment. Um, and a lot of times, you know, I always say, don't intervene in something directly if unless you feel like it's safe for you to do so. Mm-hmm. Right. So like if someone is being like physically, harmed or if maybe based on your identity you don't feel safe approaching someone or whatever that that's not on you to always Mm -hmm. you know jump in with a a cape however I think that especially at shows I've definitely used delegation as a huge tool for bystander intervention so maybe I don't personally feel like I can just waltz in and tell someone to stop being you know terrible but I can I can brainstorm with my friends um, and use multiple, multiple of us to really approach it. Or ideally the the staff um, has been trained in some capacity. So I think that that's, that's helpful. Um, You know, it's, it's tough because you you don't want to make the situation worse for someone if they're experiencing harm. Mm -hmm. So a, a lot of bystander intervention is just gate, you know, listening to your gut and doing the best that you can, but, people are gonna, you know, it's not perfect. It's mm-hmm. definitely not a perfect science. And, and being vulnerable and being willing to make a mistake. Yeah. So mm-hmm. You're that you're not that I, the way I respond to one situation is not going to be the same exact way that I respond to a different situation. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And if I res- if I think that I have this clear cut way of intervening, and that doesn't work, then, mm-hmm. you know, that is not the end of the world. So yeah. you have to you have to be open, and as I think as Kat's saying, that you have to be willing to change up, change up the ways of of talking to people yeah. um, and hopping in, uh, and that I think goes the same way with like calling someone out. Like, mm-hmm. are you, you know, are you calling someone out? Or are you calling someone in? Which is just like this like buzzwordy yeah. uh, way mm-hmm. of like talking about it. But it's just like, how are you making sure that everyone has these tips and these tools? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think we are so steeped in this anti-violence work that we're like, oh, well, everyone should get this. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, like, 
no, like you, you really have to have to be able to bring it back. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. So it's like, hey, your actions, whether or not you thought it did harm someone, made someone feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's you not, don't get to decide that yeah. it didn't. Impact your <laughs> intent always. And right? it's just like, and so when, like, and then making sure that everyone's like feeling heard and like, mm-hmm. and, and being positive and moving, moving towards like responsibility and naming that responsibility, I think is, is important. And yeah, so it's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Cool. When I, when I teach consent workshops with my students or even bystander intervention stuff, one of the main things I do when I, when I bring up like how to directly intervene in something, I go, you have to have a lot of courage and often a lot of practice to be comfortable yeah. even doing this. And I, I own up like I am a white dude. I'm willing to take a punch. I've taken a mm-hmm. punch. It's a, it's a thing that I am willing to put a lot on the line just to like make sure someone else is safe. And I recognize that most people are not willing to do that because of exactly what you said, Kat. Um, sometimes it or they, yeah, they just don't have the ability to, yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And I think for me, like one of my, I, I guess this is more like harm reduction than bison intervention. But I also, if I do feel like maybe someone's being harmed and I'm not sure what else to do, at the very least, I try to check in with them at some point in a way that's not really like that obvious and just say mm-hmm. like, Hey, are you all right? Yeah. Like I you saw, that, I saw like, something that yeah, kind of looked one way. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had people who have been like really glad that I've done that. And I've had people who are like, yeah, I'm fine. And I'm like, cool. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to walk away. Yep. I mean, one of my, one of the instances that I always use, it's a very small thing, but I heard I was in line at a merch table. I think we were seeing, um, I think we were seeing citizen in turnover and I saw, or I just heard this guy behind me say something and I go, and he goes, I, man, you're just gonna, that's just the way I am. That's, you're just gonna have to deal with it. And I turn back and he's talking to his girlfriend who looks pretty young and I go, no, that is not how you talk to someone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just like, just a quick intervention thing. And it was funny because then I turned back around. One guy next to me goes, hey, man, thanks for doing that. I was about to say something, but I'm glad you did. And then within like the next uh, break, band break, that kid came and found me and was like, hey, I don't know what was getting into me. Like, I shouldn't be treating her like that. I've just had a long day, a long week. And I'm like, S- I-, I get that. And when you act like that, this is what happens. Like you look like a huge mm-hmm. douchebag. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's, and that is like a fantastic example of, of it working. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, and being willing to, to, as we sort of are saying that it will work sometimes and then it won't work. Oh like you're, yeah. You're, They're, mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're going to, especially and on the gonna, train. <laughs> oh yeah. And you're going to say stuff and wanting to, you know, how, however you're engaging or just like checking in and, those the eye contacts like you know mean something um mm-hmm. to be like to just be like hey is everything all right and like some people are like no nah, like i can i can do deal with this mm-hmm. like we all take care of ourselves differently mm-hmm. um so but, before, but so, yeah, before, you, before you guys head out um i like to do like a quick little lightning thing where i just ask you a couple quick questions <laughs> okay. that are nothing to do with what we talked about okay, oh cool, yeah that's it 
because I just want folks to get to know a little bit more beyond the work that you do. Um, sure. Yeah. Give me a favorite color. Pink. Purple. Favorite food. Pizza. Uh, grape leaves. Are you? Oh, are you a deep dish person? <laughs> since you're in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So it's like deep dish. Uh, it's like if you were to eat cake every day, like you know. But deep dish is like a cake. Like it's, it's like a pizza it's, casserole. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It's like it's like you don't eat cake every day, but you eat your. It's a it's a special occasion. You know, like <laughs> so t- so, so, some people every- can eat cake every day, and some people eat deep dish every day. Yeah. But for me, it's for me, it's like oh, it's an occasion. Like I've I had luminaldies. I think that's what it's called. Illuminati. Illuminati's is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. But my partner's from Wisconsin, yeah. so we come out to the Midwest. Uh, yeah. Actually, we'll be there in a couple weeks. Huh? Where in Wisconsin? Where in Wisconsin? Uh, Kenosha. Oh, okay. Huh? I'm from Milwaukee. So. Oh, yeah. That Well, they'll say that they're from Milwaukee. <laughs> mm. So yeah, I, maybe I we can meet up in a couple weeks. Yeah. We can meet up. We'd love to meet up. That'd be tight. No. Um, okay. Party in Kenosha. Okay, sorry. Yeah, party in Kenosha. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! All right. Uh, favorite book. Ooh. Uh, Even though she's problematic, as all get out. Probably the Blind Assassin by Margaret Atwood. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm right now reading this book uh, called "You Sound Like Someone Who I Can Trust," which is just these. Uh, it's teenagers writing or their pen pals. It's like a nonfiction. Uh, they're just like writing back and forth to each other. Uh, and it's, and it's just really cool to hear young people be talking pen to pals. each other. That's cute. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm cool. doing right now. That's cool. Yeah. I'm going to check that one out. All right. We'll just end on this one. Favorite band or album this year. Oh shit. Yo, SZA, uh, Control. It's like, it's so oh, good. Did I say that her name? Yeah. It's like Rizza or Jizza. I, yeah, it's yeah Rizza. that is a good it's one. It's so oh, it's like and um, that and that sorry and that lemon song by Rihanna and NERD. Oh, it's yeah. like oh, I can <laughs> I like that's a that's a banger. What albums came out this year that I like? Um, man, I think I think the new Land of Talk album. Oh, that was good. Is, mm, is just one, saw is them. With American really? football, yeah. yeah, 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 that's a good one. Yeah, that, that's a great that, one. That band's good. Yeah, they blew me away live. Like, they had so much. Uh, it was like so much noise for what seemed like not a whole lot going on. I was just like, "Oh, this is great." <laughs> <laughs> well, sweet. Yeah. Thank you both so much for chatting with me. For sure. Thanks for chatting with us. Yeah, and please reach out. We'll get deep dish pizza or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And yes. grape And grape leaves. <laughs> you bring grape I'll, make, I'll make the grape You bring grape leaves yeah. and I'm going to eat pizza. Okay. There pizza. we go. <laughs> All right, great. Cool. Uh, I will talk to you guys soon. Have a good night. Bye, well, thank bye. you. All right, we did it. Another episode done. Fantastic. Feels good. Feels good. I want to thank Matt and Kat for chatting with me this week about Our Music, My Body. If you want to learn more about Our Music, My Body, go to ourmusicmybody.tumblr.com or find them on social media 
Our Music My Body. It's that easy. At Our Music My Body. Find them on Twitter. Find them on Instagram. They post some great stuff. I love a lot of the merch that they have. They have a lot of great stuff in their store. I'll put up links to all this stuff in the show notes so you can find it, so that you can get some cool Consent Matters, Consent Rocks t-shirts and stickers and buttons and all those other fun things that they do uh, and that they create. I'm a big fan of it over here in Boston. Big fan. Can't wait to meet them in a few weeks. It's going to be exciting. And if you're going to gigs, if you're wanting to learn how to keep uh, scenes a little bit more safe, reach out to them. Talk to them. They have a survey on uh, on their social media right now that they're trying to do. If you're especially if you're in the Chicago area, they're trying to get a lot of information about how to make the scene even safer than it might be or that they're even creating it to be, you know, sexual assault affects a lot of us, affects many of us, and we need to do a lot of work together to make sure folks understand what consent looks like, what consent is, especially in public spaces. So if you also liked the music you heard, go to SpartanRecords.com or DemonsBand.Bandcamp.com to check out more information or even how to order a digital copy or physical copy of the new Demons album, uh, which is called Embrace Wolf. You got to hear the song Always Your Own today. If you like what you heard, go check them out. Get a get a copy of the album. It looks really cool on vinyl. It sounds really good already in my ears. And if you want to follow uh, the podcast, Let's Make a Scene, go to letsmakeascene.podient.co or follow them at LMAS Pod on Twitter and on Facebook. My buddy Ryan, my buddy Jared, doing great stuff in their brand new podcast. I wanted to give them a quick hype. Both of them are in education. Uh, one is a resident director at a college. I think it's Union College in New York. The other, Jared, is like a basketball coach or something for a college or something. <laughs> I love those guys. They're great. They're also big wrestling nerds. So support them as well. And if you like what you heard here, tell your friends. Tell folks to rate and subscribe and review and comment on the iTunes store, wherever. Share it with your friends. Share it with anyone. Everyone. That'd be really cool. I'd like that. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at edupunkspod, E-D-U-P-U-N-X pod. That's how you can get a hold of us. Uh, you can follow me at Craig Bittedman. You can follow my best friend Katie Ham at Katie Ham. Uh, hopefully, they'll be back with another podcast episode very soon. Um, yeah, it was good to be back this week after a nice holiday break. I turned thirty over the weekend, which was cool. I liked that. Katie Ham turns twenty nine this week on December first, the same day that Demons album comes out. So, like, hey. Katie Ham gets a happy birthday from the Demons, getting a new album, all that stuff. Katie, what are we doing for your birthday? Playing games. We're playing board games. That's right. That's damn right. That's what we do on Katie Ham's birthday. We play board games. All right. I think that's all I got. Until next time, let's get to work.